0: thank you thank you and good morning everyone good morning good morning It's very quiet in the house i don't know how it is on the on the online chat and uh, i hope everyone is having a good time so here is this is the sixth day of chinese new year so i want to wish everybody sunday in five all right happy new year you know if you have a if you're online why don't you type in the chat happy cny come on turn to one another and just do this come on for those who are celebrating, come on, let's just wish one another. You know, I know if we are in, in person, if we are not not socially distant this way, you know, we would have just happened to see everybody and give each other a hug. But because of the circumstances, we are so thankful that we are able to even travel this year and go back and see family and have reunion time, reunion dinners. And also some of you had went for some, a holiday break even with your family. So this is great times. You know, we want to trust God for what He is doing and continues to do in all our lives. Amen. Amen. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to be, we're going to, I just need all of us to be a little bit more woken up today. All right, we're going to dive straight into the word, and it is found in Psalm 85. Psalm 85 verse six to nine. Those of you who are right here on site, can you stand to your feet if you're online, can I stand to your feet as well. Let's read and give reverence to the word of the Lord together. Psalms 85, verse six to nine. Read it out loud together with conviction in your heart. One, two, three. It says here, "Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you?" show us your unfailing love lord and grant us your salvation i will listen to what god the lord says he promises peace to his people his faithful servants but let not let, let them not turn to folly surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that his glory may dwell in our land if that is your press lift up your hands to the lord Slip up your hands to the Lord. Come on, whether you're online or on-site, slip up your hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your Word. Today we pray, O oh God, that you will revive each and every one of us, that you will revive this church, that you will move, Father, in such a powerful way. We're open to what you want to do, O oh God, and we're ready to receive a fresh anointing for our lives and for all that we are, O oh God. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering. You may be seated. Now a little context of Psalms 85. If you read this psalm and just now we read it together it says here it sounds like such a desperate psalm revive us again Lord it says revive us again will you not revive us again that your people will rejoice show us your unfailing love and grant us your salvation the context of this psalm last week Pastor Linda preached from Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 and she says that that verse was written the prophet Jeremiah spoke those words during the time of the exile. They were taken in captivity. These people, the Jews, were taken into captivity in Babylon, and they were in that moment of when they were so in such despair. The Lord spoke to them through the prophet Jeremiah and says, "For, the, for I know the plans I have for you, friends to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future." Right. So now, this Psalm, Psalm 85, very interestingly is not in the time where they were in captive. Psalm 85, in fact, is a post-exilic psalm. That means they have already been set free. They've already been delivered. They're no longer in Babylon. They are outside of Babylon now. They have been set free and they are on the way. They've gone back to Jerusalem. God had supernaturally delivered them. Supernaturally delivered them, taken them out from Babylon because of the change of the rulership, and now it's the king of Cyrus. King Cyrus is now in reign and he released the captives. He let them go back to Jerusalem. And now in Jerusalem, instead of having a red carpet to welcome them, what they saw was a Jerusalem in ruins was a Jerusalem which the walls were all cracked and broken. And that's what caused them to pray out this prayer that says, Lord, will you not revive us again? Will you not revive us again? They were severely disappointed with what they saw. Severely disappointed with the scene of the sight of Jerusalem. The the grandness of Jerusalem had totally been destroyed. So remember this, they're no longer in bondage. They're no longer under the Babylonians. They're already set free. They were delivered, but they were not revived. They were delivered, but they were not revived. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We've been delivered from our sin, God has set us free. We said the sinner's prayer, we are free men and a free woman, but we still have issues, we still have problems, we still have challenges in our lives. We're saved, but we are still struggling. Am I the only Christian here who goes through that? Yeah? We all go through that moments where we are still feeling, you know, we we have been delivered, we've been set free, but yet we are still not fully revived. Deliverance, the word deliverance in Hebrew, is the word teshua. The word teshua which means plucked out, help, safety, salvation, snatched away, defended. Snatched away, defended. But here, this is, this is the issue here. The address has changed, but they remain bound. The address has changed, but they remain bound. They have left Babylon, but has Babylon really left their hearts? They have left Egypt, but has Egypt really left their hearts? Sometimes we're in a situation for so long, we are bound in a situation for so long that even when, after God delivers us, we still remain in that kind of attitude with that kind of lifestyle. So, the issue here was not about deliverance. Let me give you an example. Last year, in April, we took in a stray puppy. This puppy it was like a five-week-old puppy, stray running around scavenging for food, and in the end, we took him in. So, it's been about 10 months since we've had him. But this stray puppy, this stray dog now, he's like almost a year old, He still growls every time I try to move his food bowl. Because for some reason, he still thinks that he has to scavenge for food and that it is going to be a desperate, you know, it's a survival of the fittest. You know, unless he's fighting for his food, he will not be able to get his food. He's been out with us for the last 10 months and we're trying to assure him to help build that trust, to tell him it's okay, we're here. We will give you food, the next meal you will still have your food. He gets fed almost twice a day. And some of us are that, like that as well. When you go through situations in your life for so long, God has said you're, you're free, you're set free, you're no longer bound. You've been prayed for over and over again and yet you remain bound. The cage door is open but you remain inside the cage. The reality is, God has brought many of us out of Babylon, out of Egypt, but Babylon and Egypt is still left in many of our hearts. A lot of people have been delivered but are not revived. God didn't set you free to keep you bound, He didn't come to set you free partially. He didn't come to set you free partially. He didn't come to save you just to live for you, to live only partially. He came to save you so that you can have life and life more abundantly. That's what John 10.10 says. Come on, can somebody say amen? Amen? Come on, put it in the chat, say amen. God came to give me life abundantly. And that's why we are embarking on this series of the full life series. We're gonna cover different aspects of our lives. Because God didn't come to set us free partially. He came to set us free and give us a full life in every aspect of our lives. I don't want to be delivered a dead man. I don't want to be delivered a dead man. I want to be revived. And the word revive, the root word in Hebrew is chaya. Chaya, which means to live. Chaya, which means to live. And the word revive basically has this meaning of restore to life. Consciousness, recovery, regain life, give new strength, energy, restore interest, improve the position or condition. Consciousness, restore life, consciousness, recovery, regain life, give new strength, energy. Come on, how many of you need energy? Yeah, how many of you need energy? Come on, let's give a shout unto the Lord. Yeah, I need energy. Restore interest, improve position and condition. And that's what revive means. Revival means revival needs to happen. Not just a religious heart, but a revived heart. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. Revival needs to happen. God is breathing in this house. Very naturally in the medical sense. When a person needs to be revived there is a condition of the heart that needs to be dealt with. When a person needs to be revived, if there's a condition of the heart that needs to be dealt with and needs to be addressed. The Hebrews believe that the heart is the center of a person's being. They believe that the heart is the center of a person's being. While man, while the naturally people look at the superficial, they look at your success, they look at your possession They look at your past They look at your wrongs They look at your, your, how clever you are How many A's you score They look at all that But God looks at the heart That's why Proverbs 4.23 says this Above all else, guard your heart For everything you do flows from it Above all else, guard your heart For everything you do flows from it That is why our heart needs to stay revived. Our heart needs to stay revived. Come on, those in the online, why don't you type in the chat, revive my heart. Revive my heart. When a person has a cardiac arrest, what happens? He stops breathing and he starts, his heart stops pumping. An emergency procedure called CPR, you're familiar with that term, CPR is performed. A cardiopulmonary resuscitation is performed to, to revive that person and to keep this person alive. That's what CPR does. And there are steps that need to be done to perform CPR. Can I have my friend out here? I invited a very special friend to come. Sorry to disappoint some of you ladies. It's not a real six-pack hunk. But... The mannequin from glad shop works let's we'll name him Harry although he's hairless okay what inspired this message was one day I went to cash converter in, in one of in Damansara uptown and there was actually a a CPR dummy there and I don't know why that dummy caught my attention it totally caught my attention, I looked at it, I poked at it, and it was like, wow, so expensive, and a cash converters. And I began to read a little bit more about CPR. And that's how this message came about. So today, we're going to try and revive Harry. And at the same time, pray that for his limbs and for his hands and feet to be restored as well. Brother Eddie, this is your forte. <laughs> right? I'm going to try and attempt to revive Harry. So in CPR, there are several steps that need to be taken to revive a person. If a person has stopped breathing and their heart has stopped, you need to perform this emergency procedure. The very first thing that you need to do is to get into the right position. I can't revive him if he was upright. He has to be in the right position. And the very first thing that they will do is to tilt the head of the person back so that their airways is open. Tilt the head back and open the airways. Okay, I want you to do this right now. Put your hand on your chin, whether you're online or on-site, and tilt it back up. Tilt it up. What happens? Immediately, you're looking up. Immediately, you are looking up. I want to say this to you. If you want revival to happen, look up. Look up. Stop looking at Stop looking down. Stop looking at the circumstances around you. Stop looking at the situations around you and how big they are and how magnificent they are and how overwhelming it is. And that's exactly what happened to the Israelites. When they went back to Jerusalem, They all they did was look around and that caused so much disappointment and dismay. When you look at your circumstances or when you look down, you fail to see what God is doing in your life. And that's why it's so important to have this right position when you're doing CPR on a person as well. You tilt the head back. And the very moment you tilt your head back, you're looking up. Psalms 121 verse 1 and 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Lift up your eyes to the mountains. Where does your help come from? Your help comes from the maker, the Lord God who made the heavens and the earth. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah! It comes from the heavens. It comes from above. Look up. Look up. That is why we all need our hearts, our heads to be turned up to Him. You want a revival? You will stop being distracted by the things on your left and on your right. We've all been through seasons where our issues, our problems seem so much bigger than what our faith can handle. We've all been through situations like that. Moments where you feel like you're drowning, unable to carry on because you don't have enough air. Well, if you haven't, you will. If you haven't, you will. All of us have, including me. Yes, have I, you know, a God-ordained, God-called minister of God. Have I looked down and looked dismayed and looked around my circumstances and been disappointed? Yes, I have. In CPR, you cannot revive a person unless the person is in the right position with the head tilted back and with the airways opened. I want to say this to you. If you want revival to happen, you need to be in the right position. You need to be in the right position. You need to be in the right posture. You need to be in the right posture. Revival has a position. Revival has a posture. Look to him, The posture that uh, you and I need to keep on, hurry on is in our lives to, for revival to take place, for God to breathe into us, is in a posture of prayer, is in a posture of praise, is in a posture of worship, is in a posture where you are constantly reminded of how great and how magnificent your God is. That's what you need to be reminded of. Because in prayer, it turns your eyes from all your situations and all your, and casts your cares all upon Him. Just coming to Him and on your knees and saying, God, I cannot do this unless you come and deliver me. I cannot do this, I cannot carry on unless, Lord, you breathe afresh upon me. In praise, in worship, that's when it always magnifies God, it doesn't magnify our problems. I love that song that goes, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It's in singing, it's in praise. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Many times, if you look around you, the circumstances sound and feel like as if you're surrounded by your enemy or it's pressing in against you. But I want you to know that you are surrounded by God's angel armies. You're surrounded by the almighty God who stands for you, who stands by you, and He will not let you perish. Amen? Come on, can somebody shout amen and give Him the praise? So revival has a posture. Revival has a position. And that posture and that position is you looking up to Him. Look up to Him. Look up to Him. The second thing that must happen in a CPR, that person needs to open the mouth of the victim and check if there are anything, there's anything in the mouth or anything visible in the mouth that needs to be cleaned and cleared. So if they put their finger in and then try and clear it, make sure there's no pieces of bread or meat that is stuck in the mouth or that's visible. You need to clear it and clean it off so that, there is no, so that when you blow through, there is no obstruction. When you blow through, there is no obstruction. You need to clear the airways. Many of us, we're still carrying things in our lives that are in the way of God breathing fully into our lives. Do you know what I'm saying? You're still carrying things in your lives that are in the way of God fully breathing completely in your lives. It's not fully blocking your airways. You still get air in, but you're not getting the full air. It's only partially that it's going in because it's only lodging or covering certain parts of your, of your airways. Hebrews 12 verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that kinders the sin that so easily entangles and he says, Let us run with, the, with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let us throw off. Everything that entangles, everything that hinders, everything that comes in the way between our relationship with God. Revival has a prerequisite, and that prerequisite is you need to get rid of things that are in the way. Throw off the things that are in the way. Get rid of those things that entangle you, habits that destroy you, the past that keeps haunting you. It is all covered by the blood. Keep don't get rid of religiosity and the pride. Get rid of all those things, everything. I want to declare that it's time for revival. It's time to get rid of those things that are restricting and obstructing the airways and the pathways for God to bring revival into your life. There's no two ways about it. There is no two ways about it. You can't live a fully revived life if you still have things that obstruct obstruct your relationship with Him. It's so easy to have things in our way and to get out of our position of receiving the fullness of God. That's why Hebrews keep on telling us to fix our eyes on Him. Fix your eyes on Him. Fix your eyes on Him. When you're fixing your eyes on Him, the fear of the Lord will be in your life. So then, things that need to come out, need to be get rid of, you need to get it rid of today. May our prayer be like the prayer of David that says in Psalms 139, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there are any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thought. See if there are any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, what's in the way of revival in my heart? What's in the way of you breathing fully into my life? I can't answer that for you. It's something that you have to answer for yourselves. It's a prayer that you have to pray for yourselves to ask God to fill you. It's a prayer that you have to ask God, God, search me search me, search my thoughts, search my ways, search my heart. If it's a sin, if it's a wrong relationship, if it's a compromise deal or business deal, whatever it may be, if it's a compromise lifestyle, if it's a position that you're, that's holding you back, if it's an offense, if it's an unforgiveness, all those things have to go in Jesus' name. They have to go in Jesus' name. If you want a full life in Him, you've got to ask God, God, clear my airways. Clear my airways that there will be nothing obstructing you from breathing fully into my life. Clear my airways, God, if there's anything that's coming. God, if it's lies, if it's, you know, deception, if there's certain things of God, the habits of God that are, I know that I know that I know needs to come out of my life. Clear it, Lord. Clear it so that I have a clear airway and a clear pathway for you to breathe fully into me. I'm praying and I, want, I really pray that God will clear the airways in Malaysia. God will clear the airways in this city. God will clear the airways in this church. God will clear the airways of, of all these things. Oh God, the religiosity, the past, the wrong, the attitudes, the wrong relationship, the guilt, the shame, all in the name of Jesus so that He can revive us completely. Amen? He can revive us completely when you have a clear airway. tilting the head back, clearing the airways. Another step that must be done is called the rescue breaths. The rescue breaths, where they will hold the nose of the victim and they will blow two breaths into the person. And if the airways and everything is clear, very naturally, the chest will rise. Because the chest is filled with air. Air is going to go in, and the chest will rise. If there's no obstruction. Breathing is one of man's basic requirements of life. Without air, we cannot survive. Without air, you cannot survive. You can try and hold your breath Perhaps the person who has hold the breath longer, more than 10 minutes, I, I don't know. You know, some, some magicians and they do tricks, you know, they can be underwater submerged for many, many, many minutes. But after a while, you cannot, it does not, you cannot live without air. You must have air going in. You must have air going in. That's why the theme of this year is breathe. We want you to breathe in the very fresh breath of God. And it says in John 20, which is our theme verse, it says, And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. Lord, breathe on me. We need you to breathe on each and every one of us again, on this church and everybody in the body of Christ. We need God to breathe on us so that we can experience the revival and that intimacy once again. For a person to receive mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, that person has to be totally unconscious, Not breathing or barely breathing. Barely, barely, as in barely breathing. I can't do mouth-to-mouth on a person that is conscious and alive. If I were to come up to one of you now, come, let me give you mouth-to-mouth. That's not called mouth-to-mouth, that's called kissing. The person needs to be totally unconscious and surrendered. And I want to say this to you, if you want revival to happen, you have to surrender everything. You can't struggle with God and Allah. God can't breathe into you if you keep on struggling with Him. God can't breathe into you if you keep on struggling. If you keep on resisting Him, you keep on resisting His word, you keep on resisting His conviction, He cannot breathe completely into you. Am I getting through to someone today? Yeah? You can't breathe in the breath of God. God can't breathe into you if you are struggling and, and resisting because revival requires surrender. Revival requires surrender. For us to breathe in the breath of God, God must have, every, have access to every part of your life. He must have access to every part of your life. God needs to invade your space, God needs to have access to everything. You can't say, God, you can have this part, but this part is mine. I wanna have control of this. You can have access to this, this, this part of my business, you can have access, but that part, you know, let me handle it, God. It doesn't work that way. God has to invade every single part of your life and take over every single bit. There is no comfort zone in revival. Come on, type that in the chat no comfort zone in revival. There is no comfort zone in revival. He will shake things up in your life. I love what one of my leaders shared recently. This leader said that the person was getting very, very comfortable watching church from home. Not needing to get up and get ready not needing to, you know, as and when they get up, they will watch. Getting so comfortable that it was not necessary to come back to the physical service. And this, the Holy Spirit it convicted this leader's heart. And this leader said, felt that the Holy Spirit was saying this. How can I challenge others to come back to physical and to come back to church when I myself am not doing it. So the Holy Spirit spoke to this person very loudly and very clearly. And I'm so thankful that this person allowed the Holy Spirit to have access to every part of this person's life. And with that, that person came to church and felt such a liberation and such a release. I want to say this to you, every one of us here. Revival will eliminate our comfort. You want revival to happen in your lives, you cannot remain the same. When God breathed on the disciples, they did not remain the same. When Jesus breathed on the disciples in that room, they did not remain the same. There was a transformation. They became world changers. They transformed from being pussycats that were locked up in a room to become tigers that were roaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single one of them died as a martyr except for one who died of old age. There's such a radical change and such a radical thing that happened in their lives when God breathes on us. And there is a change that comes into our heart, into our spirit. Revival will eliminate your comfort zone. Unless you are unwell or unvaccinated, we understand that. But some of us need to get out of that house and start having reverence for the presence of God once again. And honouring the Sabbath, coming back to the house of the Lord, revival is not about convenience. Revival almost always brings about you to change and do things and travel the road less travelled. It will always bring you to that narrow road. It will always cause you to do things and say things that you never thought or you never could say or imagine. Revival always changes us. And it will eliminate your comfort zone. You want revival in your lives? Be ready for God to stir things up. You want revival in your lives? Be ready for God to move you out of where you are comfortable. We all like a convenient relationship with God, where we pray and say, God, you know, please help me with this, please help me with this, please help me, please help me with my exam, you know, I haven't studied, please help me, God. And then when, when, when things go well, we are like, thank you, God is so good, God is so good. And when He doesn't answer the press within our time frame, we throw a tantrum against God, and we, and we get upset with the church, we get upset with circumstances, and we get upset with everything. Cannot be a convenient relationship. Friends, you may not like me for saying this, but it cannot be a convenient relationship. It was never convenient for Jesus to come down from heaven to earth. It was never convenient for him to be flogged, to be spat on, to be cursed at. It was never convenient for him to die on the cross for you and for me. But we want to take that convenient route of our relationship with God. God, I pray that, Lord, you will revive us once again. That, God, we will not take that convenient way out. There is no such thing as when God touches you, it will be convenient God's is going, it's going to require sacrifices. It's going to require us to really be serious in the presence of God to, for us to really get down on our knees, to be crying out, fasting and prayer for something to take place in our lives, to really praise, continue to praise even when it's so hard, when you don't see the hand of God moving, continue to worship Him even when you don't know what's going to happen next. It's never convenient. It will really it will eliminate your comfort zone. If you want the breath of God daily into your life, you have to ask God, God, I surrender it all. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Not what I think should be done. Do what you need to do. Not just tilting the head back, head back, not just clearing the airways, not just the rescue breaths. There are also, there's also the chest compression. The chest compression, where they will do 30 chest compressions followed by two rescue breaths. 30 chest compressions, followed by two rescue breaths. Pressing in between the sternum, uh, in between the chest. So what happens in a cardiac arrest is the heart stops beating, beating. And when the heart stops beating, blood stops flowing through the rest of the body. And as a result of that, a person can die within minutes. So what the chest compression does is to mimic, it's mimicking the, pre- the moving of the heart. It's mimicking the pumping of the heart. So you do 30 of these chest compressions and two rescue breaths. The compression helps to keep the blood flowing throughout the body. The heart must move The heart must move in order for resuscitation or for revival of that person to take place. And I want to say this to you today. Revival happens when God touches your heart and He moves your heart. In order for revival to manifest, we need the touch of God. God has to touch our hearts and He must move our hearts. If our hearts are not touched, if our hearts are not moved, revival cannot Happen. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 26 says this. And Saul also went to his house in Gibeah. And the valiant men whose hearts God had touched went with him. And the heart and the valiant men whose hearts God had touched went with him. In order for revival to happen, we need a touch of God. What a wonderful thing it is for God to touch our hearts when God touches our hearts he touches something so deeply the word touch there in this verse has got nothing special as the word naga It's just touch in an ordinary sense but it's so precious it's so deep it's so intimate it's so personal when God touches the heart, He touches so deeply. When the heart is touched, the core of our being is touched. Someone has, was able to enter into the, every layer, penetrate every layer and enter into that centre of, of your being and touch what's deepest and inmost in you. We have been known, we have been seen, we have been pierced, we have been challenged. The touch of God is awesome because it's a real connection. Come on, type in the chat. Touch me, God. Touch me, God. They were not. These men were not just spoken to. They were not inspired. These valiant men were not just spoken to or ordered to follow Saul. They were not just inspired by some by some word or some you know quotation. They were touched by the very hand of God. Their hearts were touched. By God Their hearts were touched They were so known by God And yet they were not consumed It's not a sudden thing that happens It's not a hasty decision that you make And then you look back and like What did I do? You know what I mean When God touches your heart There is no turning back When God touches your heart You are so convicted in your heart And your spirit It cannot be denied It cannot be deprived You know until and unless You, can, you do what He has called you to do You will have unrest for many, many days, many, many months, many, many years, until you do it. God touches our heart. That's the kind of men and women that we hope to have. They're the kind of disciples that we hope to have in our church. Men and women, young people who have been touched, whose hearts have been touched by God, who will go through seasons in their lives and but will not say, God, I deny you, or I will I, I'm so disappointed in you. Will never deny the name of Jesus no matter what the circumstances is, because your heart has been touched by God, you're so convinced that this is the only way, the truth and the life. There's no other way. Touch me until I'm transformed. Touch me, touch my family. Touch, oh God, everything that, 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 that is mine, oh God. Move my heart. Move my heart to do what you have called us to do. Revival doesn't happen. If the heart doesn't move, resuscitation doesn't happen. If the heart doesn't move, revival doesn't happen. When God put his hand on your heart, it moves you to change. Come on, everybody, put your hands on your heart. Put your hands on your heart and you say, Holy Spirit, touch my heart. Touch my heart. Touch my heart revival, real revival, moves us to respond, not to rebel against Him or resist Him. It calls us to see from a supernatural viewpoint and not just in the natural. Lord, it's my prayer, move my heart and breathe on me. Now, pay attention here. And the breath is breathed in. The chest compression is done. The heart pumps the blood to the entire body. Every part of the body receives the blood and keeps it active, keeps the organs going. And this is my prayer. That God, when you send revival and you revive our hearts here in this church, that the blood of Christ that is filled with the breath of God will flow through the entire body of Christ in glad tidings. What does that mean? It means, God, flow, oh God. Let your blood flow through the evergreen ministry from the oldest, oh God, right, to the youngest, to the kids' church, to the youth church. They're going to start their physical service next week. Let there be a revival. Let every CG have a revival. Let every language church receive a revival in the mighty name of Jesus. Because when the blood flows, it's going to flow to every part of the body in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. It's going to touch every single person. It's not just going to touch one part. It's not just going to restore the brain. It restores every single part of the body of Christ. And that's why we need a revival. I refuse to stand by here to see a church that lives a half-filled life. I refuse to come to church every week and see a half-filled church. I refuse to see a church that is only partially filled with the Spirit of God. It is my prayer that Glad Tidings will be a church that will live out the full life that God has intended for every single person in this house. Can somebody say amen? We need the move of God in our lives and in this church once again. We need the move of God to eliminate all the things that has, that has been blocking us, that we are no longer bound in Egypt we're no longer bound in those days when we're so scared and so fearful. God has set you free and He whom the sun sets free is free indeed in Jesus' name. Come on now. Come on, give Him a shout of praise. We need the blood to flow through the entire body once again. The verse here in verse 85 says, Will you not revive us? Will you not revive us? It says here, Do it again as you've done it before. Do it again as you've done it before. God can do it over and over again. That's how amazing our God is. He's able to revive us over and over and over again. Not just one time. He's able to bring about the revival in this church. He's able to bring about the revival in this city, in this nation, and in the nations of the world. He can do it over and over again. If that is your prayer and that is your cry, that God will breathe on me afresh and move my heart and revive my heart, I want you to stand to your feet all across the sanctuary and in your homes as well. Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to declare this together. Let's sing a song together.